0: We're excited. You're fine. Yep. Yeah. All right. Here you go, Alan. Passing it over. Thank you so much. Just check my, that my leash will work this far. How's everyone tonight? You know when you go to somebody's house and they always say, hey, you know, just come on in, make yourself at home. I always like to rearrange people's furniture when they ask that, just to see how much they want me to be at home. So is there any way I can do that tonight? Okay, so here's what I'd love to do. Is there any way to make that stop being blue? Because I was falling asleep with it being blue. I was like, oh, this is so warm and safe. And is there any way that you can make it so I can see you? Because right now I can see the first row. I'm sorry, I'm so... You're like My first invitation and my last invitation. There we go, look, I can see you. There's beautiful human beings out there. Okay, does that make it too scary for you? I'm, I'm sorry. Congratulations on Sunday mornings. That's super exciting and uh, super excited about the Go Conference as well. That's going to be incredible. We've known Lyle and Allison for, I don't know, we married them. So we've known them for a long time and we just love these guys. It's a super privilege to be here. AJ, uh, we have three kids. AJ's at home with our kids. Uh, but it's a joy to be here. We love Lyle and Allison. We'd run through a brick wall for these guys, so anytime that we can help them in any way, it's it's always a joy to do that. And so, anyway, really happy to be here. If you've never met me before, my name is Alan. I'm one of the pastors at Grace Center. We're down in Franklin. Nowhere near as cool as East Nashville. My wife is going to hate it when I tell her that this church is right opposite... What's the nice coffee place across from? Yeah. I don't drink coffee, but apparently it's amazing. My wife always wants to go there. And one block away from... Little octopus, is that what it's called? Yep. And the fire. Dear Lord, you that's amazing. All right. Well, it's really good to be here. Thank you, Alison and Lyle, for inviting me. I believe that you've just finished a series on relationships called Relation Fit, which is just a great name. Whoever came up with that, well done. I think I'm wrapping up the series. Uh, and so I want to share with you something that can either add value to your relationships, or distort your relationships, or if left unchecked, come completely destroy your relationships. So use the information I give you really, really <laughs> carefully. Like, what did Alan teach you? How to destroy my relationships. That sounds awesome. So what I want to talk about tonight is, I want to talk about these guys. I know. Some of you are like, yay, feelings! And others of you are like, ah! So... Uh, we have a friend from Bethel Church in Redding, California called Dan Farrelly. He's one of our favorite people. He, uh, we've had the privilege of him coming to Grace Center every year for the last couple of years. And one of the years that he was here, he, he, he taught a bunch of stuff about feelings. I'm one of those people that somewhat, how do I say this, emotionally tone deaf. Do you have friends who are emotionally tone deaf? <laughs> Or family members, perhaps. I'm the person that's just having a normal conversation and the other person's crying. And my wife's like, Alan, you can't say that. I'm like, what What, what did I say? Why, why are you crying? And so I get teased about that all the time at Grey Centre. I'm uh, not the sharpest knife in the drawer when it comes to emotions. So when Dan came and talked about feelings, I took copious notes and thought, I'm, I'm, I want to learn about how these carbon-based uh, beings that are around me think and function and so this is my thoughts on what he's been sharing so if you're taking notes i do want to give credit where credit's due dan farrelly he's got some amazing material one of his great dvds if you haven't watched it already is called uh, brave communication you can get it at uh, the bethel store i i want to talk about feelings because if we're not careful we could end up having our life run by our feelings rather than life run with our feelings now you absolutely want to have your feelings come online I've joked about me being a little emotionally tone deaf I'm working really hard at having my feelings part of the reason I shut down all my feelings is I didn't know how to deal with them I I was with uh, uh AG and I a couple of years ago went away for a week of ministry just we were firm believers in letting well, we're firm believers in practicing what you preach. So we tell all our people, hey, you want to get your hearts healed. And book of Proverbs says, above all else, guard your hearts, the wellspring of life. So we love to do that. And so we, Asia and I, went away for a week just to invest in our lives. We, we were laughing because we were doing that thing where we're driving up. And we're like, on the one hand, we don't want to be those leaders who are like... Pfft, I'm in ministry. There's nothing wrong with me. If you're in ministry, there's plenty wrong with you, okay? Just top tip. But we wanted to be those people that were like, what are we, you know, what are we going to talk about? Like, I mean, we've dealt with a, a huge amount of stuff. We're not, we, we don't believe in keeping stuff hidden, so it's not like I had this big, deep, big, deep sin secret I was about to go out with. So And at the same time, we're like, this is what we teach, and this is what we practice, so hopefully we're we're all good, and boy, did we have a lot to cover in that week. But one of the things that these counselors pointed out to me at the end of the week, they were like, hey, Alan, it feels like you're, not, feels like you're really robust. And I was thinking, why? Why?" Well, yes, I am. <laughs> Whenever an inner healing person pays you a compliment, it's just to get you to drop your guard, And then they <laughs> plunge a knife into you and rip part of your heart out. So they're like, but we wonder if your robustness is just a protection mechanism. And I'm like, oh, you were wondering that, were you? And so they just started talking and saying, hey, it feels like you've talked yourself out of being hurt. That somehow being hurt is a weakness. That somehow letting people disappoint you or somehow letting uh, disappointment enter your heart is somehow immaturity. And I was like, "Uh, uh, yeah, I I think maybe you might be right. And they were like, but... Don't you understand that the Lord came to draw close to the brokenhearted and bind those who are crushed in spirit? So it sounds like you don't need Jesus much. And like, I was I, like, I don't really know where you're going with that. So I'm going to talk about feelings because let me ask you this. Think about your relationships right now. How many of you have ever felt frustrated with another human being that you're in relationship with? Anybody? Just a few of you, the rest of you you're good. You don't even need this. That's awesome. How many of you have felt elated in your relationships? Like, I love being with this person. Dear God, you're all messed up. Okay, no, seriously, think about some of your relationships when you go out for coffee with somebody and and you're just like, oh, I love having connection with that person. You're feeling something good about them. How many of you have had relationships that you've wanted to run away from? Right. If you've got your Bible with you, could you open it to Genesis 1? Or if you've got your iPhone with you, could you just open your favorite Bible app and turn to Genesis 1? Alison, do you mind passing me my water? My leash won't let me. Thank you. Perfect. You <laughs> Genesis chapter 1, verse 26. It's talking about how we were made, our original design. It says this. Genesis 1, verse 26. Then God said, Let us make human beings in our image to be like us, They will reign over the fish in the sea, the birds in the sky, the livestock, all the wild animals on the earth, and the small animals that scurry along the ground. Because God's super intentional, it says this, so God created human beings in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. And so the point I want to make in that is we are created in God's image. Skip down to verse 25. It says, now the man and his wife were both naked, but they felt no shame. It's interesting. They, the Bible says that they felt something, but what they did feel wasn't shame. What that little verse tells me right there are a bunch of things. The first thing I want to point out is feelings are not a result of the fall. So when you have feelings, there's nothing wrong with you. That's not your sin nature speaking that's something that God has given you that you are experiencing. The same way that you have eyesight, the same way you have a sense of smell, you have this emotional makeup called feelings. How many of you, how many of you, I'm just, uh, and you need to put your hands up. Some of you are just like, I'm not putting your hands up. You may just put the lights up and I was planning on sleeping and now you can see me. But put your hand up. How many of you sometimes have feelings you're not happy with the feelings that you have? Right, And you're like, how is that possible? How is my body doing something I didn't give it permission to do? Have you ever tried to talk yourself out about feeling frustrated? And you're just like, "Ah, where's the instruction manual for my body gone? The first thing I want to encourage you is, we are all created to feel. Our ability to have any sort of feeling, good, bad, everything in between is God-given. So when he created us and when he gave us feelings, he looked at it and was like, It's really good that you have feelings. We're not going to do this because it would be cruel, but how many of you can point to people in your community who have more feelings than others? (laughs) I mean, we all have those special people in our life who have got more, you know, they they hit the jackpot on emotions. You know, you you can't watch a movie with them, and they're like, (gasps) "Ah!" you're like, suck it up, it's a movie, you know? It's actually not even a movie, it's Sesame Street. I know, but it's so moving. So God, he, he made feelings, he values feelings, he really, really enjoys this part of us. Feelings are not the problem, all right? So you highly emotive people, you are not a problem, the way you're made is perfect. Us having feelings is us being made in the image of a passionate God. It's so my second point I want to make: is that God feels too. You can read His feelings. So we, Pastor Jeff at our church, was speaking this morning out of Numbers, and you see God on a roller coaster of feelings. You see Him super excited about His people going to the Promised Land, like He can't wait. He's like super giddy. This is going to be awesome. You're going to love it. And then when they're like, eh, it kind of sucks, and it's never going to work, you see Him like, fine, kill them all. You know what that's that's a mood swing right there. Okay. And so you see God totally in touch with his feelings, and he listens to counsel. Because Moses is like, don't do that. If you do that, all the Egyptians are going to be like, pfft. And he's like, you know what? I'll, I'll, I'll relent. So God has feelings, but his feelings are tempered by other parts of his nature. And so this is where I want to begin tonight. I want you to understand that in your relationships, or in life in general, you are not what you feel. There is a myth that we need to be true to ourselves. And I agree with that statement, but I'd like to define that statement. Right? Because, as you're going to see in a second, somehow that message has got a bit confused. Feelings are not the real or deepest part of you. Feelings are not the enemy. Feelings are, feelings are just a part of you. You can think about your feelings you can evaluate your feelings, you can judge them, you can ignore them, you can enjoy them. You can, this might be a newsflash, you can pick another emotion other than you're currently feeling, right? One of the things, I have three children, I have a nine, a seven, and a three-year-old. My three-year-old has learned the phrase, that hurts my feelings. And he's realized that, oh, that's a key word to get mommy and daddy to stop doing whatever they're doing and give me attention. (laughs) So he's like, can I have ketchup on my ice cream? You're like, no, honey, you can't. You hurt my feelings. (laughs) So now we're having to temper. Like, I'm really good. glad that you can verbalize that I've hurt your feelings. But (laughs) let's bring some correction there. And we're teaching them how to pick different feelings. Don't be afraid of feelings. They come and go. Feelings are entirely temporary. I might feel different in 10 minutes or 10 weeks. If I get some sleep, I might feel differently if I eat something. Does anybody ever get hangry? Yes. I had a friend over. I had two friends over on uh, Saturday night. I invited them to come over. I forget what I was doing Saturday, but I did that stupid thing where I thought I'd skip a meal and I'd be fine with it. Does anybody ever do that? You, you, yes. Yeah, it's like, seriously, God made food for eating, so let's not... Anyway, uh, I think I did a big breakfast on Saturday, and then I was doing something, and I forgot to eat. And so my friends come over about 4 o'clock. We're hanging stuff. I've just moved house, and so we're putting up furniture. Whenever I have putting up furniture, that's the problem right there. I was doing stuff in the house, and it's not my strong suit. So whenever I try and do anything, I feel like all the tools I'm using are laughing at my inadequacy. (laughs) And in the middle of this, I've got my friends over in the middle of trying to put up... Uh, it wasn't a curtain rod, but it was something to hold something to the wall. I just, I just lost it. Nobody's done anything wrong. The tape measure, I just like, that's it. I can't do it. I can't. I just stormed straight out. And I went straight to the kitchen and made myself a steak. And I realized, my poor friend who's in there is just like, did I upset him? Like, well, what was going on? I was just plummeting my glycemic index my sugar levels were just plummeting I ate something and was like oh I feel human again it's almost like you ever have a computer that you just need to restart that was me so we can get tricked into feeling things if we're not careful but we can also change how we feel about things too now if you're taking notes write this one down for yourself and if your neighbor happens to see it, it might benefit them too but having a feeling is reasonable but expressing it may not be. So one part of the coin of maturity is recognizing it's okay to have a feeling. The other and much needed part of maturity is recognizing not everybody needs to know about or treat your feelings tenderly all of the time. If I was to come up with a passive aggression filter for social media, would you buy it from me? Right, how many times you open up whatever, you know, Facebook, Twitter, whatever, you're scrolling through and you're realizing there's a whole lot of emotion directed at the wrong people. Nice. So all these people are just thinking, I feel really upset. I think I will tell a bunch of people who can do nothing about my feelings and make them feel worse. <laughs> right? So I'm upset with Alison, and so rather than calling Alison and going, hey, Alison, when we had that meeting, I felt really overlooked by you, and I don't know, maybe I'm out to lunch, but... Can we talk about that? I go and say, you know what? Some of the leaders at East Nashville churches that are near the little octopus who are not Lyle Phillips don't appreciate me, right? And so now what I've done is I've communicated to everybody but the one person who needed that. Oh, I've got lots of examples, okay? So... By all means, having a feeling is reasonable, expressing it may not be. One of the great relationship killers is the misunderstanding that uh, you should listen to all of my feelings, especially ones that are going to change in about five minutes. I'm not picking on anybody. I realize that often I'm speaking in the third person. I'm absolutely including myself in these examples. One of the great things to ask yourself when you're feeling a particularly high emotion, like a strong emotion, I don't mean high as in you're up, I just mean you're having a really strong reaction is, this is a question you should learn, well if you'd like to, learn to ask yourself, and it's this, is what I'm feeling real or imagined? Is what I'm feeling real or imagined? Bill Johnson said, we're our dumbest when we think we know the motives of another person's heart. So often we have a feeling, and then by magic, we attribute why we're feeling to another person. So I am learning how to communicate this better so I don't alienate everybody around me. I have a somewhat short attention span just the way that I'm wired, right? So nothing to do with anybody else. I have a fairly short attention span. And... I'm not that good at remembering names. So, and I'm a public figure. So in my community, I'm more recognized than most people because I stand up at the front. So I can go, I can't remember going to Frothy Monkey and ordering a coffee from somebody who's in my church, who's in my school that I had a conversation with the day before, but I didn't recognize them because they're out of context. Can you imagine how rude that is? So they're like, hey, hi, how are you? And I'm like, yeah, I'm good. Can I get a hot chocolate, please, and one of those scones? And they're like, I'm like... You know, and that's the awkward thing where they're like, is he being funny? And I'm like, what is wrong with this chick? Like, she's like, what is going on? And she's like, Alan, it's me. And I'm like, uh, and then I'm thinking, oh, she knows me. Who is this? You know, and then I'm running through the roll decks. Do I know you from m and Do I know you from the school? Do I know you from Legacy? Like, I don't know where I, what's going on? And they're like, and then it's worse because I'm like, I should know you, but I don't. And then they're thinking, oh, and do you realize how messy that is? And the trouble is, they could go away thinking, oh, you know, you only like me when X. And they come up with this fancy sign, like, no, 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 you got it all wrong. I'm an idiot. Okay? <laughs> like, the truth is obviously much simpler than you were thinking. When it comes to communicating your feelings, for any feelings that you have, there are many possibilities about how you can express it. My encouragement is learn to communicate your negative feelings because they're better spoken than the manifestation of the death angel that's going to happen when you walk into a room, right? So if I've had a really rough day, it is much simpler for me to walk into the house and say, hey, babe, I've had a really, really rough day. So if I sound disinterested or short with you or the kids, you guys have done nothing. I I probably just need some time to decompress. Is that possible? I've already given my wife a heads up. If I don't and I'm trying to manage myself, It's going to eke out, right? It's not always necessary to tell everybody about your your happy feelings. If you're happy, people can tell. You don't need to be like, hi, I'm happy. Yes, I can tell because you're up here. (laughs) But honestly, one of the simplest things you can do to strengthen your relationships is not make everybody around you a prophet, okay? Okay. As in, we don't have time to play the guessing game, and we're not going to be good. So if you need help from people processing, or if you just like to say, I need space, communicate that well. Otherwise, we're just going to be wondering why your hostility is so prickly. And we're going to assume that you're mad at us, even if you're not mad. So that's, that's a relationship killer right now. Along with the thing of, is what I'm feeling real or imagined? I'll give you an example. I had a friend this week, he was in a meeting, he came out of the meeting, and one of the things we have in our culture is we don't triangle. Do you know what triangling is? Triangling is, I'm I'm trying to have an example here. So uh, I meet Philip for coffee, and I'm like, hey, Philip, what's going on? You're like, you know, I'm I'm just really mad at Allison. And he tells me all the reasons why he's mad at Allison and expects me then to tell Allison, did you know that Philip's really mad at you? like I'm a problem broker, like somehow this is my job, right? But usually what happens in that situation is, so what I've trained everybody in my culture to do, if they come to me and Philip says, you know what, I just had this huge argument with Allison, I'll I'll be like, hey, Philip, I'm just going to stop you right there. Are you telling me this because you want my insight on the best way of coming to Allison? No, man, I just want to vent. Okay, well, you're venting at the wrong person, because in, in love, you telling me all your problems about Allison is unfair to you, unfair to me, and unfair to Allison. It's unfair to you because you won't have any of your feelings resolved. It's unfair to me because I'm in this double bind. Because I want to help you, but if I tell Allison what you told me, I've just uncovered you. And in telling Allison, she can't do anything about it because she can't fix you via me. And then it's unfair to Allison because Allison has no clue that you're mad. So we try and not do triangling. But with this particular individual, they were just like, well, you know, I just came out of this meeting and this person was furious. And I'm like, again, are you telling me this because you want me to give you the best way to go and speak to that person? No, 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 no. I'm just telling you this because you know this person. You might be able to give me a hint on how they're feeling. I'm like, yeah, but that's not my job. It's their job to tell you how they're feeling. And so it so happened I was having lunch with the person they were mad at. There's no way in a million years I'm bringing up that conversation, but I'm just catching up with this. Is everybody confused? Let me back up. It's like Alison calls me and says, I'm really mad at, well, I just had a meeting with Philip, and I think Philip's really mad at me. Right. right? Just so happens I'm having lunch with Philip, so we're talking. We're like, hey, Philip, how are you? I'm not fishing for anything. It's not my job to fix it. Philip just was like, man, I was just in a meeting. I was like, oh, Really? What was the meeting about? Oh, I was in a meeting, you know, it was like, a, I was meeting with Isle and Allison. And I was like, how was it? You were like, I'm sure it was fine. I was just so distracted because me and Naomi just had a huge fight and I was just thinking, man, I'm a jerk. I need to be a better husband. And so I was just totally distracted about how much I suck. And and I'm like, oh, I see why you thought that. But what Allison's doing is she's thinking, he's mad at me. One of your ways out of that is to ask yourself, along with, is what I'm feeling real or imagined, is Is what I'm feeling in keeping with the person's character that I know? Man, so much conflict can be removed from, is what I'm feeling real or imagined? Mm, Yet to be determined. All right, is what I'm feeling, because by the way, feelings aren't neutral. We attach so much emotion to new feelings. They attract new feelings. Is what I'm feeling in keeping with what I know of this person? So if you're feeling rejected or overlooked, is that in keeping with the person's character? It's probably unlikely, because you're probably not going to partner yourself in a relationship with somebody who constantly overlooks you. Anyway, food for thought. Um, there are four basic feelings. I can't believe I'm teaching you this. You might think, there's more than those. No, there's, there's four. There's glad, sad, mad, and egad. And egad is just afraid, Okay. <laughs> Why do I put that? Well, sometimes we don't know what we're feeling. So if you... I have a feeling chart. It's basically those four and their friends, but they, they all come down to those things. I'm going to give you the name of an app. For real, if you're in a funk and you don't know what you're feeling, this app is amazing. It just talks you down off a ledge. And you're like, oh, I feel much better. I'm going to come to that in a second. Here's why I talk about these feelings. Your head will often lie to you about what you're feeling right? If you're anything like me, you will have talked yourself out of how you're feeling. Your head will lie to you. Your body will not. Neither will the Holy Spirit. So what do I mean by that? Well, if you're feeling nauseous, if your body has got a headache, if you're stressed when you're around somebody, your body is screaming out, hey, knucklehead, you're having feelings, but you've detached your heart. And it's not a good place to be. Your body will bring to light what you need to know about how you're feeling. Never mind. I'm going to be kind. It's my first visit here. All right. Let me talk to you about how your feelings change or how you can help massage your feelings. Um, I need a drink of water. Is everybody okay so far? Let me give you four ways to help your feelings change. Number one, you can change your feelings by sharing them and having your feelings understood by God or somebody else. I'll give you an example. What day is today? Sunday, yesterday. I think it was Saturday. It might have been Friday. It was one of my days off. Friday and Saturdays are my day off. I get up early. I think it was Friday because I put the kids to school. So I get up really early, I help AJ get all the kids, the kids get on the school bus at eight. As I'm helping the kids get ready for school, my wife does this thing where she gives me some information that I'm not being the person I should be. Like, babe, what's wrong? And I'm like, I don't know what's wrong, I'm going back to bed. And so, like a mature adult, I go back to bed and huff under the covers, okay? And I'm sitting stewing in my own emotion. I don't know what's wrong. I didn't wake up unhappy. I'm trying to work out this, that. And I'm so fed up with my own voice of trying to work out my emotions, I realize I just need to call my wife. So I said, babe, could you come in here? And so I'm high physical touch, so she just kind of lies down, looks at me, and is like, is everything okay?" And I'm like, I don't know. (laughs) Because I don't. I have no clue what's going on. So she's like, well, why don't you talk to me about how you're feeling? And so I just, in real time, speak out what happened. And in that short a time of like, well, I came out, and then I was trying to help. But then I felt like when you just said, babe, I just felt like even what I was trying to do wasn't good. And so then that just really hurt my, oh, that's where I got my feelings hurt. And then I went to bed, and I tried to self-comfort by sulking, but you're too powerful to respond to me just withdrawing. So then I got mad that my passive-aggressive behavior wasn't working. And oh, okay, I feel so much better now. Like, just, just me explaining what had happened. I didn't need her to fix me. I just needed somebody to hear that. So your feelings can change by being shared or understood by somebody else. Expression reinforces impression. Saying out loud how you're really feeling when you don't yet know how you're feeling helps you understand what you're feeling. Psalm 142 verse 2, because I've got to put some Bible in here somewhere we are in church, says this, I pour out my complaints before the Lord and tell him all my troubles. The Lord would love to hear what's bothering your heart. I think too often we're too scared to describe how we're feeling because secretly we think how we're feeling is wrong. Right? It's ridiculous that I'm a grown man. I'm 42 years old and I just told you a real story about how I had my feelings hurt and I felt like I wasn't doing a good enough job by my wife because she scolded me first thing in the morning. Right? That's ridiculous. Suck it up, Jones. But that's what I felt. There's no point in me talking myself out of it or pretending I'm too mature to feel that. I did feel that. I literally sulked in my bed for 20 minutes. Yeah, I'll show the world. I'll go on Reddit and just scroll through and watch stupid videos. Huh? See that world? (laughs) Ha ha. Huh? There's still parts of us that are not as mature as we'd like to think they are. Just treat them tenderly. 1 Peter 5 verse 7 says, give all your worries and cares to God For he cares about you. Too often we're just trying to manage ourselves on God's behalf. I know you're busy. I know there's widows and orphans. You don't need to hear about how upset I am that my internet has gone down. If it matters to you, it matters to him. Because if it matters to you, soon enough your whole community is going to feel the reverberations of it. So don't hide from your feelings. Galatians 6 verse 2, share each other's burdens and in this way obey the law of Christ. I can't share your burden unless you share it with me. And that's where I don't want to guess at what you're upset about. Because that doesn't go too well. Have you ever noticed that? Yeah. This is a true story. I had a roommate when I was in, uh, in school. His name was Blue. And one day he came home, and he was really quiet and really sullen. <laughs> I'm not making this story up for effect. It is absolutely true. So I went into his room. I was like, Blue, are you okay? He's like, ah. I was like, come on, Blue. Let's talk about it. And we're, we're really good friends. So I was kind of ribbing him a little bit. I was like, come on. He's like, nah, you know, uh, you know I probably just need to eat some. I was like, Blue... Just let it out. Come on, warm, safe place. Do you need a hug? And I'm kind of teasing him, but kind of like, dude, I'm here if you want to talk to me. And he's like, let it out. And I said, yeah, let it out. So he grabbed his belt off his bed, put it around my neck, and choked me, and said, Is it let it out yet. And I was like, OK, OK, OK. Just have some time on your own. I'm going to go this way. Now, he's a good friend of mine, but he was proving a point. Don't prod a lion with a stick. So I just learned to let him work out his own stuff with fear and trembling all right number two feelings change by getting a different perspective of the situation so back to my friend having this conversation thinking that somebody else is mad but the reason they're they are mad they're not mad at him they're mad at themselves for being not a good husband so you get a different perspective on how you're feeling about somebody else by giving them that information the way i encourage you to do that is hey can I, can I sit down with you? And I might be out to lunch, but can I tell you how I experienced our last conversation? So you're owning everything. If you're going to do that, please use I statements, not you statements. A you statement is, hey, the last time we met, you hurt my feelings because you're a big fat jerk, right? That's not going to elicit the free flow of sharing of information. Well, it might, just not the kind of information you're looking for. A much better way of doing it is using I statements. Hey, last time we met, I felt shut down. I felt overlooked. You're owning your feelings. Um, yeah, this is where that quote from Bill Johnson, "We're our dumbest when we think we know the motives of another person, comes into play. Sometimes just saying, hey, you know, when you were a frothy monkey and you ordered something, you didn't recognize me, that felt, made me feel totally belittled and overlooked. And I'd be like, oh my gosh, I didn't even realize you weren't a frothy monkey. Okay, you're making the conversation worse. Okay, I'm just being honest. But did I come in and not recognize you? Yeah. <gasps> I'm so sorry. That must be appalling. I'm so, would you forgive me? Okay, so they realize, oh, it's not that they recognize me or just a jerk and didn't want to speak to me. They're just an idiot and they didn't realize who I was. Out of the two, I feel better about you being an idiot. <laughs> Number three, praying about your feelings. Our feelings are part of us, which is both sanctified and being sanctified. Sometimes believing a lie damages our emotions. And so sometimes God, you know when you get saved, God instantly works on stuff, and sometimes he just lets you work on it in community with everybody watching. I don't know if you've had those moments. So coming to the Lord and saying, Lord, I I feel like this, and allowing the Lord to just say, hey, have you considered that perhaps the reason you feel like this is because maybe you're really hurt by your father? And so as a result now, you judge all men who are in authority over you. No, I hadn't considered that. Okay. So just praying about them or having wise counsels. And, you know, one of the things you can do is if you've got friends you really, really trust, you might want to say to them is, hey, could you give me some feedback on how you experience me? Now be careful when you ask that because you might not like the answers. Because if you notice a pattern... If you just do a survey of maybe your three or four closest friends and you find a pattern, the common denominator is not them, but you. So one of the hardest things to have, I'm reading Proverbs at the moment. Uh, Proverbs says, if you want to grow wise, you have to listen to what other people say about you. I mean, that's just terrible news. (laughs) Right? It really is. Because we like to think that we're an expert on ourselves. But we're only an expert on our motives. We're not an expert on our behavior. I can't. I don't know how you're experiencing my behavior. And the conflict comes when you're like, hey, Alan, I feel totally overlooked and belittled when I'm around you. And I go, well, that's never my intention, so you must be wrong. I, do you see how that made me feel belittled and overlooked again? Nope. I guess you're just too sensitive. Again, strike three, I'm still feeling belittled. <laughs> and I'm like, yes, but there's, I'm not feeling like I'm belittling you. Yes, but you don't get to determine how, I, how your behavior is making me feel. I'm just trying to give you this feedback, you stiff-necked individual. <laughs> but it's so hard, isn't it, when our friends come and tell us how we're experienced. Isn't it ironic that we have a nose right above our mouth, but we can't tell when our breath smells? So someone's like, oh, dude, your breath stinks. You're like... smells fine to me you have faulty measuring equipment about your behavior your community is well tuned to how your behavior is affecting them it would be really prudent for us to up our listening skills myself included on how we're being experienced all right. And then number four, this is where I'm going to give you an app to download. Reflect upon your feelings through journaling. Now, you can journal by just writing out your prayers to the Lord. But I've discovered this app. It's called Mood Notes. At this point, everybody ignores me, goes straight to the app store and downloads this app. But none of you will because it costs $4.99. You're like, $4.99? I'm not paying money for a phone I spent $500 on. Are you kidding? <laughs> it is an excellent app. Basically, what happens is if you're having a negative feeling or a positive feeling, you just go, I'm going to load up this app. And you load it up and you feel stupid the first time you do it because you're like, I can't believe I am having a shrink session with my phone. But it asks, how are you? And it has a smiley face that you drag your thumb up or down into a, into a, what's that called? A smile or a frown. And once to the severity of your emotion, it then says, huh, looks like you're having some feelings. What happened that might be contributing to your mood? And you're like, huh, you know what, I just had an argument with my friend, or I just felt like my boss totally criticized the one little thing. I mean, I did everything right, and he picked on one little thing. All right, so you you write down your trigger, and then it's like, why don't you pick some feelings, and then it has a feeling chart that you just scroll through, and you're like, am I feeling this? No, No, I'm actually feeling that, and then you slide up how intense your feelings are. Once you've done that, it then says, oh, it looks like you're having some negative feelings. We've noticed that these are the common traps that people fall into when they have these types of feelings. And like a mind reader, they're like, are you believing any of these lies? And you're like, good God, yes I am. Like one of them is, one of them is fatalism. I'm feeling this thing and it's the end of the world and it will never get better. My life is ruined and I hate boys, they're horrible. Right? <laughs> And you're like, oh, I am. And it talks you down, like, well, have you considered that not all boys are horrible? And perhaps Prince Charming is still out there. And that the boy you just met, he's just probably useless. And just, you could just ignore him. There's nothing wrong with you, honey. You're doing awesome. You're like, I am a princess. I feel fantastic. <laughs> and, then, and then, like magic, it says, hey, here's the feelings you were feeling when you started. Do you want to revisit them? And, and then, like magic, you're like, I feel more understood. And you can just slide down these things. It is amazing. So the app is called Mood Notes. It's absolutely superb. I love it. I highly recommend it. And uh, yeah, I, it's just awesome. Some of you might want to gift it to some of your closest friends. <laughs> You're like, hey, you might want to use this. We all chipped in. <laughs> all right. Five forty. How are we? I, I can't. I can I don't know you enough to know your mood. How are you feeling? Do you want more, or should we just wrap up there? Is there taco? Is there a taco place near here? There is. They're not open. Lord. Okay. Okay. All right. I'm in the mood for tacos. All right. Let me talk about responsibility. This is where, if you don't like me yeah, you're really not going to like me when I actually ask you to be in charge of your own feelings. The key word for behaving powerfully, maturely, responsibly, is responsibility. If you have responsibility for something, it becomes yours to manage. Now, I'm going to write this, it's... it's I'm going to say something to you, and it's basically like I'm using a sledgehammer to put up a tack. I still believe it's true, but it has a little bit of impact to, let me just say it. Nobody can make you feel anything without your permission. Now, we don't like that because it makes us take responsibility for our feelings. But we can't blame what we feel on other people. We'd like to, and that's the cause of most relational degradation, Right? I'm mad at you. Please fix me. Right? We outsource our emotions and our frustrations to other people to fix. And in doing that, we abdicate all power for ourselves. Don't want to do that. That's not good. Only you can manage your feelings. I can't make you feel anything. Now, I can influence your feelings. For example, if I was just to berate you and insult you, That's going to be hard, but still you're choosing the feeling you're taking, but I'm going to take some responsibility in that I'm at least helping you arrive at the feeling you're feeling, right? How many of you had little brothers growing up, you know, when they put your hand on your face like, not touching, can't get mad, not touching, can't get mad, not touching, can't get mad, and then you're like, I'm mad. Well, I didn't do anything, right? They helped you get mad, but you did choose to get mad. But here's what you could have done. You could have been powerful and removed yourself from that relationship, or you could have been powerful and expressed why their behavior wasn't working for you and asked them to stop. There were other options than just being a victim and receiving and then saying, they made me mad. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Does that make sense? Now, some of you are in this room, that concept is new to you, and so you're like, I don't like that. And I totally understand why you don't like that. And you may have had extraneous situations, really, really severe situations in your life where that statement isn't that helpful to hear. I apologize for that. But for the general public at large, it would be good for us to realize nobody can make you feel anything without your permission. Responsibility is basically... Well, let me say it this way. If our feelings control our actions... Let me say this this way. If our feelings control our actions, it's because we've abdicated our responsibility and empowered our feelings to do so. Wow. We're not called to be people who get the privilege of fleshing out every time somebody upsets us. I'm amazed at the number of people who forget they have a fish on the back of their car. <laughs> <laughs> Are you kidding me? Did you see me? By the way, Jesus loves you. I hope you're saved. Right? We just let our feelings drive our behavior, and we can't do that. See, God has given us the Holy Spirit, who's so good at partnering with us to drive our behavior, and if we partner with the Holy Spirit, he can help us act completely differently to how we feel. I can choose to be mature and respond in love when all I want to do is punch you repeatedly in the face. I can choose to remain in relationship when all I want to do is flee from you. I can choose to be loving when all I want to do is attack. Maturity comes when we temper our feelings by the leading of the Holy Spirit. Two weeks ago, was it two weeks ago? I, I don't know. Two weeks ago, I think, my daughter started a brand new school. It was their first day of school. And here's what, let me tell you what happened and then let me tell you what, how it happened. So what happened was, uh, we asked both of our children to be on the bus riding home, and one of them didn't get on the bus. The teacher um, made a decision not to put them on the bus, keep them at school, and so panic ensued because they ride together. So the elder sister's like, where's my younger sister? My younger sister's like, where's my older sister? First day, brand new school, kids in total distress, we don't know anything about it, and we get a phone call. I get a phone call because I'm listed as the phone number. Now... Let me explain right up, up front, it was my fault that happened. happened. Okay? I should have put in a no. I'd communicated to the teacher, but they did say put it in writing. I completely forgot to put it in writing. I'd communicated. Totally my fault. It all worked out well. All the kids understood it. That's the end of the story. It took a while to get to the end of the story. And it went a particularly scenic route, which I'm not proud of. Now... This is how I would have handled that if I was the teacher. This is how the phone call would go. It's like, Mr. Jones, hello. It's um, you know Sarah. I'm calling from the school. Please do not panic. I'm just calling to let you know. There's a little bit of a mix-up with the bus, but both your kids are absolutely fine. We've got Tia here at the school. Abigail's on the bus. We'll keep Tia for as long as you need. Just come by and pick her up whenever you need. Uh, It's a really simple uh, oversight that happened, but we'll sort it out when you get here. Please don't panic. Just wanted to let you know. That would have been fine, but that's not the conversation that happened. The conversation that happened was, hey, Mr. J- uh, Mr. Jones, uh, there seemed to be a little bit of uh, miscommunication at your end for what to do with the children. So already I'm like, A, you haven't told me what the problem is with my children, and you've already blamed me out of the gate. So my only reaction here is to defend, and I'm already on high alert because it's my kids you're messing with, and it's their first day, and they're anxious about the school, and are you kidding me? Did you just open a conversation with blame? Oh, I'll blame you, you know, and, and so I'm just like, well, I want to hear what the problem is before I rip your head off, okay, because now I'm already mad, and why am I mad? I'm mad because I've probably got some wound from a female authority figure of a school teacher telling me I did a bad job. Bad job, I'll tell you bad job! And so all my staff can hear me on the phone, and I'm doing my best to manage myself, but I'm just growing silent, and my staff know when Alan's going silent, it means he doesn't know which words to choose, Okay. <laughs> And so this lady's just like, yeah, well, you know, you should have done this, and you should have. And she's using all my trigger words. You should have, and you should have. And, you know, well, just come. And, and so I put it on the phone, and AJ's in another conversation. I just, AJ's in a meeting with my staff. I'm, I'm preparing a sermon. I'm preparing to deliver God's word. <laughs> And so, not content with just having my own little flash party, I just think, you know what the world needs? More of this. And so I just stormed straight into this meeting and let all these people know very clearly about my frustration at blah, 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 blah. And, you know, my staff, they were just amazing. What they said to me was, "Alan, we're confused about why you're telling us this. Because we can't fix this problem for you. And it feels like you're not practicing any of what you preach well you know this is the one exception to everything I preach they 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 blame 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 and my wife's like babe it sounds like it was your fault oh fine pile on Alan's the worst person who ever lived I bet you wish I was never born I mean I'm not saying those things but my little heart is just like oh everybody attack me I'm useless and so my 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 friends my staff members are just like honey remember you taught us to keep your love on that you can behave in ways according that are different to how you're feeling. I just realized there's a baby at the back. I am so sorry for screaming. <laughs> you know, even in those situations, you can ask, say, Holy Spirit, would you smite that person? No, Holy Spirit, would you help me? I am fleshing out. Whenever your reaction is greater than the event necessitates, the issue is not the issue. You know what the issue was? The issue is, I feel like I failed as a dad. I feel like I've already moved house, and as a result, I've caused my two kids to have to leave the school they love, to go to a new school, and it's their new day, and because of the pace I'm running at, I overlooked. It's absolutely my fault, took me a while to admit that, and I wish I could blame somebody else so I could be mad at them, but I'm actually mad at myself because I've caused them unnecessary distress. That's the problem didn't help that the communication was poor at their end, but you know what, it might have actually been fine, and just in my state of blah, 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 but my point is, I'm actually not called to go around ripping the heads off teachers, who, by the way, did what they were supposed to do, they were like, Mr. Jones, in any situation, we have to go with the last piece of information, what if we put your daughter on the bus, and there was nobody home, you would be mad I totally get it, you know what, I was a jerk, I'm so sorry, You know, when that situation happens and people say, aren't you the pastor at Grace Center? I go, no, no, Grace Chapel, Grace Chapel, I'm a pastor at Grace Chapel. (laughs) That's the benefit of having so many different grace churches in Nashville. All right. God gave you the ability to respond to situations. And what happens is we deny God an opportunity to develop intimacy in our life if we refuse to respond well. See, if I just play the blame game, that temporarily makes me feel better that that person got shouted at a school. But actually, all it's done is just cover up the feeling of inadequacy in my heart of a bad father. That thing's still there, didn't get dealt with. God didn't allow it to go, hey, honey, you're not a bad father. Are you kidding me? You're an amazing father. Your kids all have iPads, right? Like right there. You're not a bad father. That's a lie. Why would you partner your expectation with that? I'd never give them an opportunity to minister to that. I'd never give them an opportunity for my staff, who are amazing, to come alongside me and call me higher than I was currently behaving. Alan, you're, you're behaving way below who we know you to be. Why, why, are you, why are you choosing to behave like a fake version of yourself? You're this powerful, gracious man. Shut your faces. <laughs> See, by the grace of God, we can choose our response. We can choose to be agents of healing in our relationships. We can choose to be safe people, people who feel safe to be vulnerable around us without us attacking them. We demonstrate that by being vulnerable ourselves. I I get to go back in the next day and my staff say, hey guys, you know what? I'm really proud of you because you didn't match my level of emotion. You actually stayed powerfully and called me higher and I really appreciate that. I'm sorry I yelled at you guys which I did, because they're like, you, you don't mean that. I do. You don't know what I mean. <laughs> like, oh, great. So now I'm mad at this teacher I've never met for doing nothing wrong, and now I'm mad at my staff. This is really good. Keep behaving like this, Ellen. You're alienating all the important people in your life. Way to go. Let me end with, well, write then. this. Ephesians 4, verse 31. It says this, Get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, harsh words, and slander, as well of all types of evil behavior. You know, Paul was writing that to church members. There's a myth in the church that we should have outworked our bad behavior by now. No, we got saved from our bad behavior. We just have to learn better behavior. You know, all we've cultivated in our lives is really bad tools, The trouble is they work. I can control people really easily with bitterness, rage, anger, harsh words, and slander. But I'm not in the business of controlling people. I'm in the business of controlling myself. And those tools don't work on me. The more hidden your feelings are from yourself and others, the less alive you are. See, anytime you hide a significant feeling from someone, you create a hidden agenda and you block communication and growth with that person in that area. Sharing builds intimacy. So if you're gonna cultivate really relationally fit relationships, we want to be people who are choosing to be powerful in our lives and in our relationships. Powerful people are people who have developed the skill of making other people feel safe in trusting you with their feelings and their thoughts. I cannot expect all of my friends to share their feelings if I never share my feelings. Most of us would rather have the, I don't know what language I'm allowed to use here, most of us would prefer to have the subpar relationship we currently have instead of risking what we do have for what we might have. So I meet people all the time who are frustrated in their relationships, but won't confront the person they're frustrated with in case they leave them. And I'm like, but you have a terrible relationship. I mean, it's good for the most part with some rough edges. Why don't you want to confront those rough edges? Well, what if they're unhappy with me? Well, you're unhappy with them. What, what's, your, what's your life plan here? Just absorb all unhappiness in the relationship until it can go on? Why not risk what you do have for what you might have by being honest? So my encouragement to you is when people come to you with their feelings, don't try and talk them out of it. Just listen. A key, word to, a key phrase to use is that sounds really hard. All right? Most people are having a hard time being themselves. They're really actually, ah, that sounds really hard. When it's your spouse saying, you know, hey, babe, when you do this, it really upsets me. Don't be like, oh, yeah, well, let me give you a list of things I've been conveniently keeping in alphabetical order of the things that do that hurt me. (laughs) Just say, babe, that sounds really hard. Trust their feedback. They're the only other eyewitness in the room. All right. Can we stand? I want to pray a blessing over you guys we have a ministry team if you'd like to respond if anybody would like to be prayed for we have a ministry team who are all trained they'd love to pray for you but Lord Jesus I thank you that you're the least controlling person we've ever met that you're you're full of love and you're full of patience Lord I thank you that you don't need us to change to love us that while we were at our worst you came looking for us to be in relationship Lord I thank you that you risked our rejection for a relationship with us And Lord, I ask that we would be like you, that we would, in the relationships we value, be powerful people who come and just say, can I share how I'm feeling? Lord, I pray that we would not be people who are afraid of our feelings, but people who value, who are kind to ourselves and kind to others. Lord, I ask a blessing on this church, on their leadership. Lord, I ask for a blessing on everybody in this room that their relationships would flourish and prosper. And I ask that you would be exceptionally kind to all of us this week with the people we call friends and family. Amen. Amen.
1: Thank you, Alan. Can you all just get a round of applause? Thank you so much. That was a great word. Anyone else like really get a lot out of that? Was that like, oh, that was good. That was good. Yes. Thank you. Thank you so much. Well, thank you all for being here. If you do want to be prayed for over any of that (laughs) or anything else, we will have a ministry team up here. So if our ministry team will come up, um, we'd love to pray with you. And thank you all for just coming. We love you. We just pray a blessing over you this week that God will just be with you and continue just to really solidify all of this teaching that we've had over this Relation Fit series. And that it would, he would just continue the good work you know, that he's doing in our hearts and making us to be able to love and be whole, healthy people, powerful people to where we can love others and love our city and love ourselves really well. So we bless you, we love you, and we'll see you next week.